Hi, and welcome to episode 256 of No Crying in Baseball, the ban the wave, not the shift episode. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Well, not really here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth, way over there. Yeah. Hey, it, it almost feels like we're near each other, but I am, in fact, in the land of my birth, or pretty damn close. I'm a little bit north of the town of my birth. I am in Massachusetts, surrounded by lots of Red Sox stuff all over the place. So that's kind Which of Which is so different than your house. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, apple in the tree over here for on my yeah. dad's house. And so we've been enjoying, you know, catching up on sports together, except for the Patriots today were a little bit of a stress for dad. He's writing the Patriots off already for the season. They lost to the Dolphins. That's where cross that training happened early. Here. Yeah, that so happened early. Okay. we had to turn to the Red Sox, which has been a frustrating thing, you know, of recent, but they're putting in and keeping my dad's hopes I hate alive. You. I mean, it is Bob's birthday weekend, right. so you know I'm trying to offer it up as a as a gift yeah. to Bob, who I love. But yeah. but you were there yesterday with Mr. Pottymouth, and I appreciate like you uh, sticking it out with Mr. Pottymouth and allowing him to enjoy that. This was at the at Camden Yards that you went with Mr. Pottymouth to see the Red Sox O's game, the Saturday game, which was the big long game. Right. Yeah. So I got my revenge mm. because he did not at all enjoy the after um, game concert. Oh, he but said we stayed ab- to the bitter end. <laughs> so I felt a little bit of redemption. I didn't tell him I was punishing him for the game. But no, I actually I wasn't. I kind of, you know, it was fine. But let me let me give you my highlights okay. of of the game. Right. My highlights were going to the brewery before the game. That's such a good checker spot brewing. Mm-hmm. I hear um, that I got some beer. I, I hope that's true. You did, and I, I, I had that beer um, before it got, you know, I had it on draft, and it okay. was very good. You highly um, recommended. I, nice. I, I recommend it for sure. Um, that's the one we split. We each had a beer, and then we split a beer, and the one we split, I think, is the one that, that, that went home to you, so that nice. was good. That was good. Um, my other highlight was before the Struts concert, they played Sex Pistols, God Save the Queen. <laughs> That is really the right thing to do for all the right reasons. And and then the band came out in custom Orioles jerseys. So note what part of my day I'm missing as far as highlights are concerned. The, oh. The whole freaking game. <laughs> yeah. The well, whole freaking game. We on on this end very much enjoyed watching the game from a distance and uh and I was, you know, I figured in the beginning, we missed the first inning or two or three or something like that. And so I was waiting. So for... like the first inning Grand Slam and stuff? Yeah, missed? actually, we did. I did not miss that. I saw that. Don't <laughs> worry. I was right there. That was actually, I, I think I opened it in the second and I was like, oh, hey, look at this. And then I got the the text from Mr. Pottymouth saying Devers Grand Slam. Because I knew it would be like, who texts me first is a clue to how the game is going. And he was the one who texted me the most, I think, throughout the whole experience. He was very dedicated in taking pictures of Kike every single time he came up to bat. Oh. Every single time. Wow. Wow. And so, I guess you guys you know, were nearer to the batting because Kike also had some amazing stealing home runs a couple times, right, in center field. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a stat that like Ryan Mountcastle had like 759 feet of flyouts. You know, because Kike kept Thanks catching them at the wall. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I am yeah. so happy to have Kike back. I'm more on that later. Oh, promise? Yes, I promise. I Because I love that. Shocker. I'm going to talk about Kike. She's a piece. Yeah. yeah, I'll love that. No, it'll be great. Oh, well. I'm still on the bandwagon. I am still on the bandwagon. Hang on you there. You can't make me get off the bandwagon. If, if yeah, you no, can... our, our seats were third third deck, but they were right behind home plate. So that was fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and we had good folks in front of me who were also sort of like anti-wave and, and were absolutely into the 
um, you can't say this. And you like I had the rally cap, and they were moving around their home run chains. Like oh, maybe if you wear the home run chain, something will happen. <laughs> like God, you are my people. This was, so that was fun. That's good. That's yeah. Good. Yeah, bring so keep the superstition. Ban the wave. Yep. Yep. For sure. All right. Um, hey, should we do on today's show? Yeah. Let's do that. What are we talking about today? I don't know. I'm all the well, way up here in Massachusetts. And yet you did a nice job of prepping and, for today's show. So good work. Read flight up to Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So on today's show, um, we've got boyfriends. We've got the regular kind of boyfriends reports. They also show up in a, in the Roberto Clemente nominations. They show up in the police blotter and rules, all the rules. And then we have all the new rules. Wow. Um, the union is happening even more than it was last week. Um, Pujols and Judge are still happening even more than they were last week. And we've got international baseball, including plushies. Woohoo. All right, so let's kick it off with our baseball boyfriends. These are the guys that we pick very carefully in the offseason because there's something super cool about them. We each pick one guy per team. So if you want to, again, hear more about the guys that we're about to talk about, go back to our offseason stuff. If you want a super cool volunteer job to be our intern and organize it all so that we can tell you exactly what episode we've talked about, which boyfriend, uh, please contact us per the information at the end of the show because it would be really cool if we could say, oh, this guy, check out this episode. Yeah, I can guarantee you we will we'll match our salaries. We will pay yes. you exactly what we pay right. ourselves. Or yeah, 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 maybe even Volunteer. a percentage more. So yeah. one guy, and, and then what we do at the end of the season is we take our baseball boyfriends that we've picked and we make our fantasy teams. And as you will hear later, I have not been very successful. And I was blaming it mostly on the pitching, but you know, I've just been also unsuccessful with with my hitting, with injuries, and with just guys not reaching the levels that I say I had expected. And Edmundo Sosa, I had a lot of hope for. I looked back in episode 227, if you can find it too. And he'd been pretty mediocre this season. I miss talking about when he moved to the Phillies from the cards right before the deadline. So before the deadline, before moving to the Phillies, he was 189 on the season. He was traded uh, the day before, the 30th of July. Since the 30th of July, he's batting 378. This pat, I know, is that crazy? And so that's, you know, over a month. We're in September now. It's it's straight up double. This past week, 500 on 20 at bats, batting 500. Zero home runs before the trade, back to back nights with home runs after the trade, and I think it was September 6th and 7th against the Marlins. So crazy. The only, the little sad part about this is that he bumped fellow Panamanian. Uh, Johan Camargo, who I had picked, I think, last season when he was, oh, I don't even remember, when he was with Atlanta. That's when I picked him. But he was over at the Phillies, so I was excited for these two guys from Panama to be playing together. But no, there's apparently just a lot of infield action with the Phillies, and Camargo got bumped up to make room for Sosa, and there was a whole bunch of other shuffling and people confused about why are they getting Sosa? They didn't need an infield. But it turns out that he's really been a major spark that's been driving the Phillies. So um, but but Sosa, like beyond the bat, the defense is so sexy. There's a, a clip that I really hope I put in our notes so that we can tag to it because he had this this tag. I don't know. Have you seen it where it was through his legs, but not through his legs in the conventional way with the feet on the ground, the feet in the air. So he, he's at second. <laughs> he jumps, catches the ball. And then I'm and I'm I'm showing Patty this visually, so y'all have to imagine like what kinds of funny hand motions I'm making right now. They're and then pretty good. Holds his hand down between his legs and cat tags the batter before he hit the base. But he's like a 
in air. So wait, so, so the batter, was the batter like sliding it, and he was coming down yep, it's and like we it, got him in the five hole. It, wow, the batter was in the five hole. That was exactly it. That was it. It's like wow. an Air Jordan thing, but with the hand down between the legs, tagging the batter underneath him. It is majestic. I think it's, it's got to be like the poster of the season. It's beautiful. So, okay, so remember when we did our predictions and we picked our fun to watch teams? I thought yeah. the Phillies were going to be fun to watch because they were going to have no freaking right. defense at all. So they, were, they, were the, they had all bats and no gloves. And sure enough, this is how bad we are at predictions because now they've got gloves, which is good yeah. and fun. But yeah, just I just want to make me wrong again yeah, because at, there it is. At that point, you had no clue that Sosa was going to be there. Nor that he or would what be. it would mean if yeah. he was. Yep. Yeah. For sure. So that's super fun. And another one in um, in his. So we got the batting. We've got the sexy defense. We've got also the killer base running where he slid into. Now I do not recommend this, young people especially. He <laughs> slid into first base head first, but it it got him in and it got the RBI in because they were throwing over to first to get him out. Didn't happen. Run scored and he's face first into first base. And made it. Like, yeah, so go Edmundo Sosa. So I'm regretting us um, not being together because when we are together, we often have tech support to help us with mm. very important things like another round of beer. Like I'm at home alone, far away from my refrigerator. You're in a place where you are drinking the only beer in the house. <laughs> this is the last and beer. I, yeah, this may as well be the last beer because I can't <laughs> refill because we're already, you All know. Right. On the show, so I'm um, so Mr. Potty Mouth Tech Support. We we um we honor your commitment and your yes. contributions to the show, and we miss you today. There we go. And yes, I made you sit through the whole Struts concert because I sat through 17 <laughs> Red Sox runs. That's not why. That's not why. Hey, speaking of Adley Rutschman, <laughs> yeah. So my guy Adley is the ninth player and the first catcher in Major League history. Think of all the amazing catchers history. in the world in Major League history to record at least 40 extra base hits and 50 walks in his first 89 career games. 50 walks? Holy shit. 50 like, walks. That's even more impressive, really, than the 40 extra base hits. That's a Let that's me tell a, you why the extra first season. Let me tell you why the uh, extra base hits are also pretty impressive. Let's remember that Adley Rutschman started on May 21st, which is about, what, six, yeah. seven weeks into the season. He leads all rookies with 29 doubles. That's amazing. The second place guy is my guy Bobby Witt Jr., number two at 25, and he started on opening day, so he had seven more weeks, wow. and he has he has four fewer doubles than Adley Rutschman, who leads all the rookies. He also ties a few people you may have heard of, Cal Ripken Jr. and Eddie Murray, for the most doubles by an O's rookie, and we are only in mid-September. Does that mean that someday we're going to be able to drink steady Adley beers at O's Park? I think they're going to be called Adley Hugs or something. <laughs> it's good. We can't replace Steady Eddie. Right. That's okay. I'm, I'm happy to have a Steady Eddie. And in fact, I did have a Steady Eddie yesterday after a beer and a half at Checker Spot and was really tempted to have another one because that's the way the day was going. But yeah. I, I held back. Right. No, did I? Did I hold back or did I? I can't. I'm. Mm, mm. Nope. I had, no, I had another one. Yeah, that makes sense. There must have been time with 17 runs. That's. There, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, as it turns out. So that means I can talk about Kike because he was a contributor there and on both ends. And I am so happy. I'm so or happy to say Patty's been punished enough. <laughs> right. And so we don't have to talk about Kike because I, I love my partner here and I don't want her to cry. But, but go he, ahead. He's adorable. Go ahead and talk though. about here, Cheers. Uh, here we go. Cheers. That's our drinking game. So he's he's gonna be back next year, which makes me super happy. Which which like as soon as the O's tickets go on sale for next year, like the one or two times that the the Red Sox are gonna be there, I wanna get that center field first row 
to see Kike, who's there for one more year at least, $10 million, and Boston's thrilled. You know, Boston folks are critical. People love Kike. I mean, it helps that he's doing well. He did struggle mightily at the beginning of the season. He was like right around the Mendoza line in, in June. And May- Do you want to define the Mendoza line for, the, for, for new folks? Yeah, that's batting at 200. And, uh, and actually, he was over it in June, but it was only like four games. He was under Mendoza in, I think, April, right at it in May, and started out well in June, but then was pulled. And we thought, you know, it was a hip strain. And I was thinking, oh, hip strain, you know, whatever, a little bit of rehab, he'll be out. He missed 60 games. So he was out for all of June, all of July, part of August. And... Uh, since he's been back in August, he which was you know just a couple of weeks, he was batting 250. September, he's up to 310, plus I don't know how many runs saved, and that's what people are super grateful for oh, because look. there was just not the outfield action happening. What turned out, it was beyond a hip strain. They found a, a large hematoma in his abdomen, which is a pool of blood in a place that it shouldn't be. And it was apparently pressing on his core muscles and making it painful, like whenever he moved, which is not good for batting and running and jumping and things like that. And that he tends to move as part of his day job. Thing, yeah, things like that. Yeah. He's got a little yeah. kid, too. Yeah, there's lots of movement. Oy. But he said that getting that drained was one of the most traumatizing experiences he had ever been through. Described Oof. it in detail. I will spare I you of that. But Thank I you. am really happy that they got the blood out and he's able to clearly move a lot better. Let's keep Kike healthy next year. Keep Kike healthy. I got to say the conversation that Mr. Pottymouth and I had about Kike yesterday, <laughs> more centered around his alternative career choice that, that we told, told you about last week and said, okay, <laughs> if he was a stripper, would you go see him? And I was like, well, I'd have to go with Pottymouth <laughs> to keep her in line. Oh, no. All right. I'm going to sit oh, back yes. here and drink and listen to your boyfriends. Yeah. Okay. So I've been talking about two boyfriends that I have currently on my team, on my fantasy team. Um, Jake Cronenworth was my um, my forever boyfriend. I carried him over mm-hmm. from last year from the Padres. You know for sure I'm saying goodbye to him and keeping Adley, but there's that sorry junior potty mouth that's happening. Um, so Jake had a walk-off single on Friday night for a 5-4 to four win over the Dodgers while wearing his City Connect jersey. And the RBI was our friend Juan Soto coming in. And it ah. was just... It was so pretty to see them win in those jerseys. Mm -hmm. Um, Jake has had a heck of a week. He's had eight hits since the past week, including two home runs, five RBI. His OPS is is 985, and he is already in mid-September at his career-high runs batted in with 72. So he's got a couple more weeks to even top that number. He's a poor dude. He's obviously clearly trying to keep that forever boyfriend status from you, and it's just it's a losing battle, but he's going to give it his all. You know, I hope he does, and yeah. it's also nothing personal. I mean, there there's there, there's you know only so much you can do. Um, Lane Thomas, my Nats boyfriend, has having a great time. Having, well, I guess you know all the big boys got you know sent away, so now it's the chance for the guys who were last year's hey new guy, yeah, to like to shine, and he has. So this week alone, he also had a five runs RBI week, um, plus twelve hits, and his OPS is nine seventy three. Um, remember, we picked him up from the Cards last at the end of last season at, at the trade deadline. Um, and uh, we just played St. Louis in St. Louis, and he had a game. He just basically made them pay for, for letting him go, which was kind of satisfying. Not that I'm all into revenge or anything, but I am watching House of the Dragons, so I guess maybe I am. <laughs> sure. You know, speaking of St. Louis, my baseball boyfriend, well, Kike was actually a pick from our first season 
Um, and Yadier Molina was another pick of mine from our first season. And this past week against the Nats, one of those games, probably not the same one, but he and Adam Wainwright are now tied for the lead for the most career starts as a as a pair, a battery pair. As a right? battery. As a battery. Yeah. yeah. Battery. Battery. That's like one thing. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. Yep. Not, okay. Battery. Yep. Catch, that's a catcher and pitcher. A pair of batteries together. is what goes in your remote. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the 324 games. That's a lot of games. They're That's old, a lot of games. Yay, old yeah. guys. And to cap it <laughs> off, Yadier homered twice on my kid's birthday on September 8th against the Nationals. So that battery record is probably going to be broken uh, shortly after you hear this because on the 14th of September, they are scheduled to start again. So knock on wood, knock on everything around you, that they will do that and there will be a big woo. Yay. There will be a big woo, yeah. for sure. So um, I have a boyfriend in the police blotter, but I'm okay that he's there because I think it's a little bit funny. That's good because I am so relieved when you say and boyfriend again, police blotter. Oof. Again, we're talking Cardinals. That's weird that we talk about hmm. the Cardinals so much in an episode because they're not, they're not usually a team that we spend a lot of time on. But Lars Newtbar, Lars Newtbar shows bar. up here. Not a candy bar. He's spicy, as it turns out. So <laughs> apparently, you know how teams like, have their little thing that they do from the dugout when someone gets a hit uh-huh. or whatever? Um, like They've all got something. The O's have their little Call of Duty binoculars thing. All teams have. So the um, the cards have been doing like this pepper grinder thing. Like because like people are, are grinding out hits or it's a spicy play or something. But they're just doing a hand motion. Clever. Which See, also- that's that sophisticated Cardinals kind of action. Although it does lead to a lot of people misinterpreting what they're doing, but that's okay because this time when Pujols, yet Friday, yes, whenever hit his 696th home run, they show the dugout. Lars Newtbar reaches down and pulls up one of those giant wooden actual pepper grinders and does oh. a real pepper grinder, which is a little hilarious because they've been doing like a little fake mm-hmm. thing. Now I'm doing the hand motions. Yeah, yeah. All <laughs> of this time. And then like, and then like, okay, so, and thanks to Junior Potty Mouth for flagging this for me because I never would have seen it because, you know, he got it on Reddit. And I don't look at Reddit until, unless somebody points me there, but that's where yeah. I first saw it. And then I since you know did a little research, and there was a tiny story about it. Like, how did they there come to be an actual pepper grinder? Apparently, Lars just had a birthday, and he went out with the team to celebrate his birthday or with team members, and somehow came home with a pepper grinder. Oh, so no. I think I think a pepper grinder may have been lifted from wherever the party was. And I mean, I think that that's low level crime. It's still crime. It's also hilarious. Yeah. But as long also, as they tipped well, it's okay. I have a feeling they probably yeah. tipped well enough to have that not make a difference. But I, I do think the pepper grinder is um, is unsanctioned. Mm. Yeah. But I, I do like that. I, right. It was it was spicy. And he ground one out. And there you go. <laughs> Woo! Yay! All right, so our boyfriends, they're good guys. And one good guy measure that MLB has is the Roberto Clemente Award, which is for guys who are going you know, above and beyond and serving their community. And actually looking at the descriptions is pretty amazing. So there's a, there's a link in our notes. Go vote, because you can vote for you, who you think is the doing goodest, goodest doing guy of the season. And they're, they're super impressive. So the only current baseball boyfriend on the list is Josh Rojas, which made me feel a lot better about, about um, choosing him. He has been actually doing okay on my fantasy league. So I do appro- uh, appreciate Josh Rojas. 
we have a lot of past boyfriends. So I'll just read the list really quickly because we're good at finding guys who do good things. You had Byron Buxton. I had James O'Can. You had Jason Hayward. I had Joey Votto. Hey, this is going back and forth. Oh, second one of me in the row. Brandon Crawford. Miguel Cabrera was also mine. Jose Altuve was mine. Paul Goldschmidt was yours. Brandon Lau. Lau, right? Yep. Was yours. Justin Turner I had picked. Bo Bichette you had picked. And Josh Bell, who interestingly was nominated by the Nationals because he was there, but now he's doing good things in San Diego, and San Diego is a better place because Josh Bell is there. So keep go That's vote. True. Go vote, people. Use your your power. That's right. Use your, Use your powers power. for good. Speaking of using your power, um, rules. We've got new rules for next season. Oof, this um, is and we talked about shit. So the, the collective bargaining agreement that, you know, followed the, um, you know, the owner imposed lockout this, you know, winter and mm-hmm. early spring. Um, one of the things that showed up in the CBA was a competition committee, which is where new rules would be examined, reviewed and proposed for, you know, to be, to be implemented in Major League Baseball. And these are usually changes that have already been tested in the minor leagues to see how they go. So the competition committee is kind of set up for failure as far as the players are concerned because of the 11 spots, four of them come from the Players Association. Six of them are from the commissioner's office, which means owners, and one is an umpire. Six to four. That's and then you know the umpire. Who knows, right? Yeah. But still, with with the, with the majority still... as owners, you know that players said this week in a statement after the um, the new rules were announced that we argued the points, we we made proposals, we talked about our concerns for these rules, and they were ignored. There, our concerns were not taken into consideration. So a, a couple of these rules, and I'll point them out as we go, were, uh, were voted down by the four player representatives. Um, so these changes that I'm going to tell you about will be implemented um, in spring training and then for then the, the full 2023 season. The first one you knew was coming. It's the pitch clock. Um, it's for, you know, pace of play. And we've been to minor league games, which have, in fact, been much speedier. And there seems to be a lot a lot less wasted time from our viewpoint sitting in the stands. Again, as a fan, sure, mm-hmm. it's speedy. Um, it's, it's knocked like 20 minutes off the average minor league game time. That's sizable. That is. So, yeah, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. And, and, and it, it is doing what the intent was. Mm-hmm. Um, the MLBPA, um, the reps, the player reps, voted against it because it doesn't take into consideration high leverage situations. It doesn't make any changes for playoff games or like late season games oh. that matter where you might want to just think an extra few seconds about yeah. what's going to happen. It doesn't give you that extra time to collect yourself that you might need on, you know, on the part of the pitcher. So here's how it's going to work. Um, it's, it's, it's slightly more generous than what was tested in the minor leagues by a second or two. You get um, 15 seconds, if the bases are empty, to get the pitch off. If there's a runner on or multiple runners on, you get 20 seconds. So that way you can, you know, look them back and do whatever you've got to do. Um, if, and the batter has to be in the box and ready to bat with at least eight seconds left. 
So the, these the numbers clock. are a little higher than what was being experimented in the miners, right? That's right. It was like 14 and 19. So it's only only within like a second or two. Right. It's pretty close. It's pretty close. Um, but no, it also affects the batter because, you know, back in the Mike Hargrove days, mm-hmm. the human human rain delay. But even now, there are those guys who they step out every single time. Yep. They adjust everything on their person and they come back in. There is not going to be time for that. So they're going to have to adjust as well as the pitcher getting his act in gear sooner. So here's what happens if you don't do what you're supposed to do, right? If the um, if the pitcher doesn't get the pitch off in time, they're assessed a ball. There's an, a ball added to the count. If the batter is not ready at eight seconds, they're assessed a strike. So there are consequences on both sides. Both of them have to be in there. Um, the pitcher's allowed two step-offs, whether that's for a throw over to first or a timeout to collect themselves or whatever. They call it a disengagement. It's a disengagement. Um, it doesn't matter why, but you're but you each time you step off, it resets the clock. So there's that. The third time you step off, it's a bulk, right? Hmm. Um, if somebody steals a base during that at bat, it resets right. the clock as well because clearly stuff has happened in the meantime. Um, a batter can ask for a t- for time once in in a, in a plate appearance. If they ask a second time, it's a strike against them. So, so this yeah. is where I'm feeling a little bit fuzzy. So I'm I'm not I'm I'm okay with the pitch clock part because or, or maybe Spe- I'm okay. Fine. I'm I'm yeah because I did I mean we did see it in the minor leagues and it seemed to be okay. I know there's going to be some pitchers and batters that it's going to throw for a loop, but it's the 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 throwovers. Yes, I feel like there's a middle ground there. I think two is not enough. I mean, I know that we start whining at pitchers when they throw over more than twice. So maybe that's making that official. I don't know, though. It seems like but here's, too restringent. I, I, hmm. Well, here's the thing about that. The runner on first knows that after mm-hmm. two, they can do whatever the hell they want because the pitcher can't throw over. Right. Right. So it's giving them a free, you know, a free chance to run. And with the pitch clock, it's a much tighter period in which the pitch pitcher has to get the pitch off. So they're probably doing things at specific seconds. And so the runner is going to learn that. And I think one of the things that the commissioner's office has in mind is we want more stolen bases. We want more attempted stolen bases because it's more fun. But also it feels like it's um, it's more of a problem for the pitcher in that respect because, okay, now they're just going to run on you, and, and there you have it. So, yeah, that's, that's and complicated. What does that do with records now, like records for steals in a season and stuff like that? It's, I don't know, not apples, apples and oranges. Yeah, yep. So banning the shift, <sighs> which I got to say, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the shift is strategy. Yeah. I don't. I mocked it a lot. I mock it less now. I, I started mocking it less when people were saying, oh, God, they're just going to bunt. I'm like, I love bunts. Right. I love small balls. So I think the strategy has has come up around working around the shift, which I think is kind of fun. Yeah. But um, enough people have said, no, you can't do it, that here's the new rule. The new rule is let's go back to old-timey baseball, but we're also going to, like, write it into code, basically. Mm-hmm. So – when the pitcher is on the rubber ready to go, you have to have two infielders on either side of second base. They can't switch sides. You have to say, these two guys are going to be on the left and these two guys are going to be on the right. 
And the only time that can change is if you sub somebody in, then you can move people around, but then that has to stay the same. It's not like you can swap your, your, you know, your third baseman with mm-hmm. your second baseman at some point and, and swap them around for like who's on which side of second base. All, all of their feet need to be on the dirt. So there's no like backing up into like short left or something. You've got to be in the dirt, two on this side, two on that side. The players can move once the ball leaves the pitcher's hand. Wow. That's going to be interesting to, to see. Like if there's like this big movement as soon as the, I don't know, that'll be interesting. Yeah. But no more four outfielders. Like that was so common. No more four outfielders. Or no more just one guy on the on the left hand side, yeah. and you know, and three infielders right. over on the right, and yeah, yeah, yep. I'm wondering more if Edmundo Sosa would have been able to make that play because he was shortstop. That play was at second. He might have been on. I think he was on the first base side. I mean, yep. what do you do yep. in that like? Ew. Well, as long as he started out on this on the third mm. base side and ran over there, sure. But okay. yeah, but right, yeah, but. Mm. So um, the thing that everybody was unanimous on was larger bases. They're going from 15 to 18 inch bases mm-hmm. which are going to do two things one is they're going to reduce collisions at first base apparently injuries in the minor leagues from base running largely from collisions went down by more than 14 percent. i mean it, it it really significantly reduced huh. injuries because you've got a little bit more room also they're hoping it will increase stealing the base because you're cutting off a little bit on this end yeah. and a little bit of distance on that end, making it a little bit shorter. So we'll see. But definitely, I'm, you know, why not? Why not? For, the, for safety features, why not? Yeah, you know who's upset about these so far is pitchers. So Rich Hill of the Red Sox did mm-hmm. a little video of him with, a, like, a gigantic base, like, just making fun of it. And he's he's vocally unhappy about this because pitchers don't want more steals. Pitchers, you know. Well, sure, and he's 180, too, so yeah. he wants things the way they used to be. Right. Yeah, no, for sure, I, and I and I get that. Um, a couple of the smaller things that people aren't really talking about, they've added an additional mound visit in the ninth inning if the team is out of mound visits, whereas pe- teams have been saving their last mound mm-hmm. visit in case they need it in the ninth, now they're going to add it. So that kind of undoes a little bit of the pace of play That's savings weird. that you've got. Also, um, for... I guess pace of play, walk-up music is now limited to 10 seconds or less. So what happens if there's some sort of delay? Like, I'm just thinking of times where I've heard walk-up music longer. Is it, is it, can I, I continue to play it if, if there's some sort of delay that's preventing Oh, you from... mean like if there's a delay on the field? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. They're also trying to discourage music being played like in between pitches hmm. because they're worried about that delay, like messing with getting that next pitch off and and mm. so we'll, we'll we'll see how right. that goes i mean like we we kind of like the whole you know the environment on in the ballpark where there's a lot right. of music and a lot of stuff happening and a lot of you know voices in our heads telling us it's time to clap and stuff we, we totally dig that so let me tell you a couple of my favorite responses from um baseball professionals charlie blackman who i think was one of your boyfriends mm-hmm. um yeah, so I, and i I really, I was amused by this. He said, anytime you have the boss implement something against the will of the players, that's not good for the game of baseball. Like, he didn't even care what it was. But it was like, you know, boss imposed. So, therefore, All right. equals bad. I, so I'm good with that, Charlie. <laughs> and Terry Francona oh. made a joke that I think is really very much aimed at people like my age and older. <laughs> he said, I keep hearing people say, guys are tired of hitting into the shift. Then hit the ball the other way. There are solutions other than just lift and separate. <laughs> so not not a 24-hour bra. 
18 um, hour bra. You were so we close though. You were right. so no one's close. Gonna sleep in their bra. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to go there. I just, but, stop talking. <laughs> but, but I think you and I have said just hit the ball the other way. Like, yes. Just that's the solution. Learn to hit it where it yes. ain't. Where they ain't. Okay. Somebody's and so not. here's. Here's yeah. two guys that won't have to now. So it turns out that my, two of my boyfriends this year, Corey Seeger and Kyle Tucker, are the two guys who have made the most outs on ground balls hit into the shift. And they define the shift as three men on one side okay. of the infield. Corey Seeger has made outs 90 times hitting a ball into the shift because I guess he's a robot. Um, and apparently so is Kyle Tucker, who's number two with 66 outs made on ground balls or line drives hit directly into the shift. Like what? they. Go figure. They know it's coming. Yeah. Seeger is way up there, though. <laughs> that's that's he's a sizable way advantage up there. there in first he place. Had, he had no idea the number was that high until, like, you saw the tweet where yeah. someone had, like, had the numbers. And he's like, oh, I guess that means I hate the shift. <laughs> so, but there there is. So one of the things that I saw was making implementing these rules well having teams know the rules are coming this mm -hmm. soon this far in advance means they could even make roster changes like yeah. you can who do you want on your team based on this you know shift stuff especially maybe even pitcher stuff like who's going to be so interesting like the guys who are just coming up the pitchers who are just coming up from the minor league are like we've had a pitch clock for two years we're fine yeah we know how it works. It's, it's the guys who have to change into that as opposed to coming up with that. Right. That would be rich over the hill. Rich over the hill, for instance, but not just him. But but yeah, yeah but absolutely. There are, there are guys who have been playing this way because yeah. they've been in the minors and there'll be people who's like, what? what? But it, it's, it's sort of like shooting at a moving target, though, because this is not a scientific experiment. There are a lot of variables here. So they're like changing the shit. When to start of, the clock. Yeah. Like there's a Even, lot yeah. of stuff at the same time. So yeah. Power it's, to the enforcement, to the police who are going to deal with this. Like, you did not just say power to the police. Well, I didn't mean it. That was like sarcastic. That was a very sarcastic was power to the police. Yeah. Where's tech support? Clearly, we need more drinks. I know. I'm at the bottom of the beer. I'm at the I'm bottom, at the of, the bottom of the beer, too. Damn it. But I also know that we are running down our pitch clock, which, <laughs> which we're going to get. We have not yet gotten a unionization, though, right. let me just tell you. So let me just do a very quick interlude to um, to make fun of A-Rod. No. I mean, A-Rod definitely has some very impressive records there that are about to get beat. One was actually just beat today albert pujols not our favorite guy because we do not condone people uh, divorcing their wives while they're going through brain cancer treatment but despite that fact he is now number four all time for home runs with 697 he's got a ways to catch up with bait ruth 714 so that would be a minor miracle but you know, 697, heading for that 700 would be a lovely historic mark. And clearly he is now the, the highest Latin American-born player of all-time home runs. Um, as and can I, ju can I just point out that this is why I'm wearing my Babe Ruth t-shirt today? Oh. It's, it's, it's got Babe Ruth on one side, and it's got Ruth Ginsburg holding a pig that says Ruth, comma, Babe on the other side. So, yeah, that's why I'm wearing Babe today. Punctuation is important. Mm-hmm. Aaron Judge is also about to hopefully dethrone A-Rod. He is creeping up on A-Rod's record of 57 home runs in a season. Aaron Judge is now at 55. I believe he will hit 57 before, maybe before we finish recording, maybe before yeah, the, the episode be. is out. I'm mean, Actually, the Yankees are done for today, and they've been just pummeling the Rays with Aaron Judge playing a key role in that. 
Uh, the Yankees. I'm okay with the Rays losing. I'm okay with the Rays yeah. losing. I am too. I, hey, we okay. have something in common. But the American League record is at 61, which would have been Roger Maris. And so I think that is within sight. There's the whole Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, and you know all that comes with it records in front of that. But we'll see how your former boyfriend, Aaron Judge, does by the end of the season. But A-Rod, sorry. He's getting put down just a notch in the record books. Sorry, bud. Sorry, bud. Wish I had more beer to celebrate unionizing mm. the minors with, but I do not. My last So week. much happened. Cheers. So, cheers. So much happened in the past week. Um, so I'm wondering what's going to happen as soon as we finish recording today, mm-hmm. because the last two weeks, as soon as we turned off the microphones, right. something happened about unionization. So, since we last spoke, the, um, the MLBPA says that more than half of minor league players turned in signed union authorization cards in a week and a half. Wow. That is a huge number. There are over 5,000 players in this bargaining unit. That is how many players said, yep, let's do this thing. So they went out August 28th. And, you know, by Tuesday, by this last Tuesday, almost a week ago, actually a week from when you're listening to this, um, the MLBPA sent in a request to the commissioner's office for MLB to voluntarily recognize the MLBPA to collectively bargain on behalf of minor league players that fast, that freaking fast. That's, That's when amazing. you know that like your back is against the wall. And if you don't, you're going to look like a complete asshole and you're going to lose. So might as well suck up and recognize now instead of having being forced to with a bad, you know. Yep. So also at that time, the Players Union joined the AFL-CIO. And apparently a lot of folks out there don't know what the AFL-CIO is, which shocked me as an old union lady. It's a federation of unions. It's not a union itself. It's basically, it's like a trade association of unions. So they can unify the voices of, I think they have 58 now with the MLBPA, 58 member unions. A lot of those unions have like sub- unions because a lot of them are umbrella organizations and the AFL-CIO can provide a unified voice for all of those unified voices to do things like political activism for instance um they can they can um share resources among the unions they can support unions across the board which is very cool that that the baseball players union has joined the AFL-CIO so by Friday Rob Manfred did what Potty Mouth said he announced the voluntary recognition of the MLBPA, but he did. It's interesting. Like, I think they were going to do a formal announcement, but this came up as a question after during the press conference where he was announcing the new rule changes. And somebody raised their ah. hand and said, hey, let me ask you about the union. He said, I, I think we've already sent the letter out saying that we're going to do that. So, yeah, so they kind of jumped the gun on the formal announcement by just sort of like getting him and and the Q&A. And that's fine. And the great thing about the voluntary recognition, in addition to what Potty Mouth said, which is like, you we don't want to look bad. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like you got to do it because clearly the public opinion is, you know, firmly on the players. And there's been enough union busting out there. Unions have never been held in like higher regard, you know, in recent history than they are right now. It would be bad, bad, especially following the lockout. So yes, they got to do it. That's a good and, point. And a couple of the articles I read pointed out that, that, that MLB works with a lot of unions. The, you know, obviously, you know, the, the, the major league players, but also the umpires. You know, they've got a mm. lot of groups that are unionized that they associate with regularly. So it's not that new and they like okay. you said they saw the writing on their wall and they did it it also eliminates the need to involve the national labor Re- relations board for an election which 
would mm. add months of time to the organizing process because just even getting on their docket would take a very long time, yeah. whereas this is done with the stroke of a pen, basically, where, boom, you've got, we recognize you as the, as who's going to collectively bargain. So, and then, so this was Friday night. By Saturday, the um, MLBPA and Major League Baseball finalized the card check agreement, which is like, here are the steps going forward where an independent arbiter physically counts the cards to make sure, yeah, it's true, more than 50% of the of the bargaining unit members did agree that they want this to happen. So just like the day later. And so that when that card check is complete, that will formalize the recognition of the MLBPA to represent minor league players. The cards are going to be counted on Wednesday, so the day after this episode drops. So that will be maybe the next thing that you hear about union, union organizing. So it covers... The, the four levels of farm teams plus the um, the complex leagues, like the Florida and the Arizona, the, okay. the complex, the guys that are there before they go to single A or double A or triple A mm-hmm. and, and, all, and all of that, they're, 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 you know, in Florida or in Arizona. It covers them too. So that's pretty cool. So it covers all of the American-based, you know, leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, le- yeah, leagues and levels. What it doesn't cover is the Dominican Summer League because they're not they're well they're outside of the United yeah. States. So legally they can't actually be part of the bargaining unit. But but the MLBP says they're gonna try to bargain on their behalf anyway. Yay. And you can kinda do that as long as the other side agrees to allow you to do that. So they don't the MLBP does not want to exclude the Dominican Summer League. It's just that on paper they can't be considered mm-hmm. part of a bargaining part of bargaining unit because they don't exist. On you know on U.S. grounds. That'll basically. be interesting. That'll be very interesting to see how that yeah, plays out, for sure. Um, the idea is to have this first um, collective bargaining agreement in place before the beginning of the next minor league season, which means get those cards counted on Wednesday and then start talking to each other and see if you can come up with. You know, you know that with advocates for minor leaguers right. now on staff of the MLBPA, there is probably already a draft. Yeah, of they know CBA. exactly like, what they need. Yep, here's what we want. Here's what we're going to ask for. So I think I think the first foray is is probably pretty close to ready. So cross your fingers, um, buckle in. It's going to be yeah. fascinating. Power to the people from Advocates for Minor Leaguers to getting directly involved like that because since they've been working on the, the specific particular issues, like they know what needs to get highlighted right away. Yep. I'm excited. Yep. So you're unionized the minor shirt, like – might have to put on like a silkscreen something on the back that says like thanks or like or see we did it Check, or like done. yeah that's awesome for sure all right i'm going to do a really quick international update world baseball classic is happening next year and we've been talking a lot about team usa no more team usa um announcements this week apparently they still don't have any pitchers so i'm excited to see about who might be pitching for the united states but pitching for puerto rico is edwin diaz of the mets who has the highest whiff rate this season uh he also has the most killer walk-on song with narco which has been officially given to him so timmy trumpet i think uh, many people have already seen the the video of him actually playing the trumpet while he walked on at city field and the, him and the rest of the band, I don't remember their name, have said that this is his song. No other player shall attempt to use it as walk-on music. It belongs to Edwin Diaz. So we'll see if they use it in the World Baseball Classic. Along with him on Team Puerto Rico, Javier Baez. 
He was on last time and is going to add a little pizzazz. So that's exciting. Dominican Republic Gary Sanchez of the Twins now, former Yankees catcher. Weird to say that, isn't it? It's st- it just hasn't sunk in. Yeah, I, I know. I don't know how he's doing. I know Yankees fans were not upset to see him go, but he said he's going to, to the Dominican team. I'm excited to see who else is going to be on the Dominican team. I know that. I mean, we had talked about it before Juan Soto had announced and Rafael Devers, but there's there's more to come. Team Israel, I don't know anything about the players yet, but Ian Kinsler has announced as a manager. Now, he played for Team USA in 2017, the winning Team USA, but he also played for Team Israel in the 2020 Olympics. And you basically can play for a team if you could have citizenship in that country. So that varies depending on what country that you're talking about. But for Israel, you just have to have Jewish heritage to be able to become an Israeli citizen. You don't have to be a citizen. You have to be eligible to be a citizen. I believe, and you know, I'm just going to lie with exact figures. I believe that that's way the, the way it is because Ian Kinsler, I would bet, is not actually an Israeli citizen, but sure as heck is eligible for that. So more to be continued. I can't wait to see it, and I'm still waiting. So when November comes, I'll find out if we can actually get tickets to Miami. Stay tuned. I have not been paying enough attention to my beloved CPBL. That would be the the Taiwanese League. And partly is because the team that I adore that won it all in 2020 is now dead, like beyond dead last. The Lions are hurting. But what do the Lions have in their favor? Mascots. The Lions have good mascots, including a dancing fish head named Saba Boy. And what we have both been saying since we first saw Saba Boy is we need a plushy Saba Boy. I am happy to announce that that now exists, and I am like pleading with any friend in the Taiwan area to please get me a Saba Boy plushie. I heard they sold out in their first day. so Because who wouldn't want right. a fish that's cut in half where you can see the inside of it in, yeah. in plush form? And I did get confirmed that it is, you do still have that back that looks like, you know, a fish fillet on the back of the plushie. So what little kid wouldn't love that? You know, just just a side note. That it's, it's educational. It's like, what does an inside of a fish yeah. look like? Oh, that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's it. So, so the Monkeys, the team that you had picked way back then, they, they won the first half already, and they are looking like they might win the second half, which means that, I don't know, weird rules will kick in for the, for the Taiwanese um, championship at the end of the season if they win both halves, then... I don't know. I don't remember those rules. Something about whoever has the best record, and then there's some playoff game, and stuff will happen. But monkeys are looking hot this year, but they don't have a half of a fish dancing around. They just have an angry monkey there's... and a happy monkey. I think there's another monkey, too. I think they just have a, a lot third of monkey? monkeys. Yeah, there was another so one. They have a whole barrel of monkeys? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that that constitutes a barrel. That seems great. Yeah. I, I, I feel good about that. Oh, my God. So our fantasy team, nothing <laughs> has happened. Nothing has happened as far as the um, the order of things. Everyone is kind of holding tight, but a couple of the races are getting close. Mm. They're getting close, so things could change. They just haven't yet. So number one, Bono's Boyfriends. Number two, Spicy Susie Hot Mess Express. Number three, Leftovers, who was pretty happy with some things that were happening past couple of days. Yeah, Devers home run. (laughs) Yeah, number four, super depressed Ace fan. Number five, Eyes Zombies for adults. Number six, Deborah F's team. And then number seven, Karen's injured team. Number eight, there's me. There's me, Patty's commish team, barely edging out the kids at number nine, um, who put Gunnar Henderson on the team right when he started to um, 
be less spectacular on defense. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that there's a relationship there, but I'm just saying it yeah. could be. It could be. Uh, number 10, defense good, offense meh. And number 11, mm-hmm. thank you, Potty Mouth. I, I, I yeah. finally cracked 80, though. I was like dwelling in the 70s there. Oh, see? Yeah. So there's something, right. something to look forward to. Maybe that's my Edmund Sosa little boost if I remember to put him in the lineup. I'm looking at the zombies climbing. That, you know, I always kind of dreaded that at the end of the season that the zombies would come and it, yeah they, they keep shambling their yeah. way up you know just they one point at a time mm-hmm. it's too it's true it's true hey so do you have things to look forward to this particular week this week oh gosh well my fa- i'm here in massachusetts to celebrate my dad's 90th birthday which is tomorrow so i'm looking forward happy to birthday, having Bob. a happy birthday breakfast and then i'll hop on a plane and come home and go to work and I don't know. I have a concert to go to Wednesday, uh, Thursday, Thursday night at Wolf Trap, but but no baseball planned. Although we need to get we need to get some on the schedule because this the season is just evaporating. And did you sure. see did you see the Nationals have a fan fifteen dollar concessions credit, which I think is like get a free beer basically, like come to a game get a beer. No, because, but I'm going on Friday night. Does that oh. count? I'm actually going to a Nats game on Friday night. I will with, forward with you the email and see. Yes, like, please. Okay. Yes, Very please. Nice. I haven't, I haven't been to nice. Nets Park for a while because I, my happy place has been Camden Yards. Although at one point yesterday during the blowout on the, the wrong side of the Orioles game, <laughs> I actually yelled, this is supposed to be my happy place. And the young woman in front of me turned around and said, just don't look at the score. That's what I do. <laughs> but I remember Nets Park used to be my happy place, too. So maybe it'll be a happy place for me on Friday. I hope it will be. I kind of yeah. missed it. So I'm hoping that um, it's going to be big fun. Sure. Go for it. Sure. Just woo. Hey. Woo loud. I woo at any opportunity to woo. Yes, I will, for gosh sakes. Um, if you're going to baseball, have a great time. If you're not going to baseball, we hope you'll take some time to listen to past episodes, get caught up on boyfriends, guys we've mentioned that you want to learn more about. If you have friends or family you think might to, like to listen to us talk about baseball, please point them our direction. Leave us a review or rating if you want. Always find us on social media because, boy, we like nothing more than having you tell us what we got wrong. Absolutely. Bring your complaints and praises to us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, No Crying in B-Ball. You can also throw us a buck or two on Patreon, even though I've been promising to put stuff up. I have been a little lame, but hey, I promise this week for sure I'm going to put something special just for our Patreon listeners. So Patreon is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash no crying in b-ball. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Please make sure you're up to date on your boosters. Fight the man is the right thing to do. Send your game balls to Meredith. And until next week, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. Cam texted me yesterday and said, you got to put Lars Newbar in the pepper grinder on the show. And I got this while I was in the car with Adam. And I read it out loud. And Adam said, is that a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs>